Welcome to Bacon is My Podcast. Before we get into this show, we do want to let everybody know that we are proudly bringing this show to you from the den. Yeah. That's the Deluxe Edition Network. Rocking it out. Found at deluxeeditionnetwork.com. In the D-E-N. That's right. We are a part of an awesome network of really awesome podcasts, such as... That's a lot of awesome that you just said there. Yes. A health history I'd like to fuck. Yes. There's also <laughs> Beard Laws, Spoil My Movie. Yes. The Deluxe Edition Podcast. There's like 26 different podcasts, so go over there, check it out. DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. Do it now. We are happy to be one. Thank you so much. What's your bacon? I see they light up. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. that's sick. Nice. Cool. Good for night skating. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know, like, I mean, what kind of, what kind of place was it that you, that you were able to like skate around in? Was it like an asylum or something like that? Yeah. Uh, West Virginia State Penitentiary and one uh, particular section of the prison, the floors are so smooth and there's all these poles. So you can kind of swing around the poles and go around in circles. Um, there and Hillview Manor, which is an old nursing home. And there's one saw, section of the... I saw one of your photos on Instagram. You had the skates over the shoulder. And yeah, was, was yeah, wondering. yeah. That was West Virginia State Penitentiary, actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, like, you, when I, when you watch them on TV and stuff, and I know that, I know that there's, like, a groundskeeper to a lot of these places and stuff like that. I mean, you could certainly, we've done, I'm sure we've all done, like, abandoned buildings and jumped in and stuff like right, that. Right. So there's groundskeepers, but, like... When you initially see it on TV or or on on uh, you know YouTube or whatever, you're like, it, when you said you were doing it, I was like, man, there's got to be shit all over the place. How did she do that? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of the places you can't because you're gonna be like jumping over all the little piece, pieces of like chunks right, of floor and slaloming around. Right. <laughs> but uh, there, these are two locations I've been to a bunch, so I kind of like know the areas. But it's really creepy because in Hillview Manor, there's just like a long hospital wing hallway and you just have the glow from like the red exit signs and the floors are just super smooth, but it's really creepy to like skate past the nurse's station and then all the open doorways. It's just like such a vibe. Yeah, I bet. And you're, you're moving kind of fast too. So it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> unless something startles me and then I like fall down, but luckily that hasn't happened yet. Have you, have you checked out the, um, skating rink, uh, playlists on Spotify. Have you have you listened, checked out? No, I haven't, but I, I've made one of my own. Okay. Um, it's called Jamborinis. <laughs> nice. I what, like it. What's what's uh, what's a couple songs on your uh, roller rink playlist? Um, definitely, like, I think there's, like, CNC Music Factory. Um, mm. oh, yeah. Gosh, let me look right now. I have, oh, um, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Good, good Vibrations. Excellent. Um, one of my favorite songs to skate to is, do you remember that song by Stereo 3MCs called Connected? Yes. Mid-90s. I got yourself connected. I love that song. Um, Delight, Groove is in the Heart. Excellent. Uh, Tom Tom Club. Um, it's such a variety. Like Cool in the Gang, A Tribe Called Quest. Beastie Boys, Madonna, Michael Jackson, Love and Rockets, B fifty twos, Technotronic. Ooh. Um, so it's so it's it, it is a lot of like 
jock jams. I feel like we're all cool from the stuff. same. I feel like we're all from the same era here. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, yeah. in excess. Yeah, I, I have mm. some good stuff on here. Nice. That's excellent. Love it. Love it. I've, well, I've jumped on a few of the uh, of the Spotify ones. Like, yeah. just I, I did some when I was driving back. Um, we're in New York, but I drive home to Indiana for the holidays. Uh, oh, okay. That's where I that's where I grew up. So uh, driving back, it's a thirteen hour drive. So some of that was some. It's needed. Some it's roller needed rink playlists. Time. It was pretty excellent. Guys, we are so excited because Manscaped has upped the game. Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. They They've did. got interchangeable dual head system with both a regular razor that you're used to on your lawnmower, mm -hmm, but also mm -hmm. now a foil blade as well. Uh, and if you already have one of these, if you already have the, the, the 4.0, the upgrade's good, man. Upgrade is good. The upgrade is good. It's got all the stuff that you like already. The light is a little bit brighter. Yes. Key, it has a lock. Yes. So that means in your bag, it won't turn on automatically because you're traveling somewhere and you put some shoes in your bag and you push down on it and it just turns on and then the battery's dead. That's right. You can lock it. Awesome. Awesome feature. Everything else, you've got your ceramic blades, you've got your skin safe technology, you got all, all of that is the same and improved, but it's just a better system. Highly recommend. Go to manscaped.com right now. Use the promo code BACONPOD for 20% off your entire order. Yes. You could get the 5.0 lawnmower ultra you can also use it on other other products like the uh, crop mop which is our personal favorite our personal if you ever see us then. out in out in the out in the wild yes you can definitely hit us up and we will give you one of those we always have them on us always always ready to give out yes so again manscaped.com promo code bacon pod 20% off of free shipping thank you manscaped and always remember to ask yourself are your balls clean mm-hmm I do want to welcome everybody to Bacon is My Podcast. Oh yeah, we've been on for a while. We're on for a while. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole intro, and then we hit the right. yeah. chaotic right. intro, and then sure. now, now here we are. We're here. Uh, today, hashtag professional. Hashtag professional. We are here with paranormal, paranormal investigator, roller skater, musician, whole bunch of cool stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, Heather Taddy, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, she's like we've been talking. We've been for talking. A while. Yes, we've been, no. Um, no, it actually, and it was, it, it's cool. Like, so owner of a sweet Sonic Youth poster. Well, what did I say before yeah. we came on here? We were talking about um, we were talking about your band. We were talking about some uh, some glowworm stuff, and we were talking about the sound because uh, it checked out. Um, there was a live video on uh, on YouTube, and then uh, you've got your your band camp. It's got a bunch of stuff on there. Yeah. And we were talking about the yeah. sound and everything, and we were like that really cool like that '90s wall of sound um, rock kind of buzz vibe right uh, and he brought up he was like yeah very sonic youth type of, oh, type yeah. of That's awesome. feel and uh yeah i saw the i saw the poster i'm like nailed it yeah <laughs> well done well done <laughs> and 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 i i want you know we have some fun on this show right uh mostly with drummers are you talking about how um no we, no no we often 
shit on bass players? No, no, we shit on drummers. Mostly drummers. We do, we do, we do mess with we <laughs> we we poke it we poke at bass players. But for those of you wondering, it's only because we're singers, so we're you yeah. know clearly the most important. Oh, <laughs> you're both uh, singers. Yes. In the yeah. Band, yeah. Or? Um, uh, we're in separate bands, and then in we a wrote collaborative music together project. As well. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and we both play guitar and uh, bake it horribly on bass. I do. I can. Well, that's what I was going to say and, is that yeah. she is not she is not a root note bass player. Right. You're not she a guitar like, player that plays bass. Yeah. You're a bass player. Yeah, I, I sort of play bass like you play guitar, which is funny. I oh, don't yeah. play it like I should, but the, I think that that's what's great about my style. I don't know. You play, riff, you play riffs and you're pretty solid with the drummer, so I, I will I will say... Um, you sound like a bass player. Yeah, which is which is which is pretty awesome. I wanted to ask um, two two questions from watching the video. You had you had a little totem on the top of your headstock. I don't know if that was maybe for one show or if that was for a thing. I couldn't tell what it was, but I was yeah. going to ask what that is. It's um it's a plastic flower. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I did that in honor of one of my favorite bassists, who I actually got to meet last year. Um. Pause, Lynn Shanton. She played in like mm -hmm. a Purple Circle Zwan. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. In the Pixies, um, she had always done that, and and I always kind of like idolized her. So I, uh, I, I had like a plastic flower. Nice. That, that's awesome. Yeah, I was wondering the significance of that. And then it looks like you were playing an SG. Bass, yeah. Uh, which you don't see that often. You don't a lot see of, a lot of, uh, I yeah. see. You know, which is pretty cool. What 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 made you kind of like? pick that style like what was it that that did you pick one up and play one and was like yeah this is the shit right here or actually no i was just looking for something that was like had like a petite neck and it wasn't uh -huh. too top heavy wasn't too heavy um my first bass over here is a, a washburn i got that when i was like 14 and i still nice. have it and um i don't know i was just i think looking for something just petite and and the sg is like perfect for me um it has like the smaller neck and it's very easy to play and um i i originally wanted to get a rickenbacker but then i played one and i was like it's just, it just doesn't fit me um right. but there was a guy in pittsburgh that was selling that it was like brand new pretty much it was a really good deal and i just went to his house and got it and he was selling it because he himself bought a rickenbacker so nice. he wanted to get rid of his sg so i bought it i love it that's he it. definitely they downgraded. Sound, they sound so good. Like SG basses. Gibson basses sound to me. I love Gibsons in general. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, they got that like I like this. I like jazz basses. Tone. Jazz basses are cool, but like, but SG, like Gibson basses just sound really badass. They're just so yeah. full and like they hit you in the chest when you play yeah. them. I'd rather have like a short scale bass. I just I, I tune too low. That's my problem. Right. So like if if I had a short scale bass, it would just kind of yeah, we have we have a short scale bass at the house. Um, yeah, my my girl Annie found one that has like uh, Batman symbols all up it, and it was a That's short cool. scale. And uh, she was like, "Yes, she's petite." Yeah, so she was like uh, short scale bass all the way, and so we got it for the house, and so that's what we jam around on. But. Now, what I'm what I'm curious about is, so your your partner in crime, if you will, on Travel the Dead is is Katrina Weidman. Mm -hmm. Uh, she too is a musician that I, I found out what last year when she put out a single and I was like, what <laughs> girls got pipes. What? Yeah. Have, you, have you, have you ever like worked with her at all? Or, or like, has that ever been a, a, a route that you guys have gone? 
Oh my gosh, we've talked about it for years. Um, she's amazing at piano. She's amazing at singing. We've never ever jammed together, which is like really? insane. Um, you know, we we she lives on the other side of Pennsylvania, but yeah, it, it, it's so weird that we haven't. But we, I mean, we've always talked about it. I I've always wanted to have like one of my last bands I was in was kind of like surf rock, and mm -hmm. I've always wanted to have a band that all the songs were like paranormal and alien themed and we play, we would play at paranormal events. I always thought that that was such a cool idea cool about idea. like Dracula and Frankenstein and, but um, yeah, but yeah, Katrina and I have never jammed, which is insane. Cause I, I'm kind of interested in, in seeing like what kind of tunes we'd come up with. Well, that exact thing is what came to mind. I was like, Oh man, you guys would rack up at like conventions and stuff like that. That would be yeah. so awesome to have a band like that actually he's wearing a shirt of one of our buddies bands. Oh, yeah. they're they're our buddies werewolves. they're a, a horror based werewolves cool. band yeah very that. cool band and they play all the horror conven conventions and whatnot yeah yeah they they you know they took over the spot that rob zombie left yeah yeah that's so cool he left a hole in in that kind of genre yeah now um also so for wake the dead i i know because i like i don't know a ton but you know, I, I've spoken to uh, to other paranormal investigators and stuff like that, and I just know that uh, with the Warner Brothers Discovery buyout, the whole the whole paranormal TV scene is just kind of in flux, and everybody's yeah. like on hooks, sort of, but not on hooks in other ways, and they dumped a, lo a lot of people in, in in one area and stuff like that, and. Um, so I like I, I'm I was just curious is if if this like this turn to uh, travel the dead was kind of a, a product of that and if there's like a future on you know on a network again or if, if you guys are approaching this and you just are like hey this is more freedom this is way easier to handle than than dealing with the bureaucracy of a network and stuff like that yeah I think that being in paranormal tv from like pretty much the beginning you know because paranormal state was right after um ghost hunters and to just see the kind of waves the paranormal genre on tv goes over the years it's interesting and in the past like couple years like discovery travel with all the mergers and stuff it has been crazy like they don't know what they're doing and a lot of really great shows are getting canceled and of course the fans are not happy with it and we have no control over it um, it's, it's very confusing, but yeah, I think a lot of, of our friends who are on shows, they're, they're creating content on their own and, you know, Katrina and I have always talked about collaborating on like a separate project from the other shows that we've done. And I think at this point we really feel there's a huge misrepresentation of the paranormal on television. And I think with Travel the Dead, our goal is to go to the places we want to go, film them the way we want to film them and like have our friends on the episodes and just kind of like explore theories that aren't always talked about on TV because, you know, on TV, you have these executives and producers that really don't know about the paranormal. They just want everything to be demonic when that's totally not how it really is. Yeah. You know, so we want to show the real side of investigating and show you know, we've been doing it for so long. We want to show like what we learned working with families and, and just kind of show a lot of the topics and things that you don't see on TV and you don't really get a whole lot of time to explore. Um, but it's really cool to be able to do it with, 
with producing it ourselves, filming it ourselves, you know, having, um, you know, our hands on the editing too. It's, it's, it's really cool to just kind of create it our own way. So that, that actually feeds into one of the questions that I had for you. Cause I was curious as to like, where you, where you found that like doing a, the all the paranormal shows that were there was a period where there was like so many and it was on it, it was, was almost like 24 7 right like just before covid and yeah like just yeah. into it it was just where, like this like where do you think that um they're getting it right and where do you think that they're getting it wrong and they're like steering away from actually being a true uh, representation well first of all we don't really know what ghosts are, you know, we don't have, we don't have equipment that can prove or disprove a haunting. And there's a huge misconception around that. And I think that when it comes to the paranormal and putting it on TV, you can't set parameters around the unknown. You can't have, you know, with the TV format, they want every episode to have a specific formula and you can't really do that with every paranormal case. Cause not, not one case, not every case is the same. You know, you're kind of, once you're doing research and investigating, you can be thrown into different directions. Once you interview like a previous owner of a place or a previous witness, like things can change. So you can't always fit that regular TV format. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's something that's very hard to convey. Um, and, you know, you're only allotted a specific amount of time. A lot of these shows you can only do like 22 minutes and that's not a lot of time to fully, you know, get everything across. Um, now, did you ever find, um, or do you know of situations like you look at like the explosion of reality TV, right? And and it went from kind of like the beginnings of it, which was let's put a camera in a room and see what this is, to okay, well we need more drama, we need more this, we need more that, and you have um, pressure from executives or pressure from the networks to create drama or to create a situation. Uh, have you ever been in a situation where you had to kind of like fight for like, no, we're not going to fucking do that. Like, yeah, totally. I, I think with paranormal state, you know, it was a very different show. There was nothing on TV really like it in the way it was filmed, you know, the way in which we helped families. So there were a lot of times definitely in the beginning when they wanted us to embellish stuff or fake stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, are like the guy that started the club at Penn State, his name was Ryan, he's the main main guy on the show. He was very adamant about like, you know, we're here to help the families. We're not gonna, you know, we're all about the truth, you know? And even if things say we don't have activity, we're not gonna fake it because things don't always happen when you go into a haunted location. You never know right. what's going to happen. You never know what you'll experience. So there were definitely a lot of times when producers would try to make us go one way and we're like, no, you know, we're not going to, to do this. So that's a really tricky thing. Um, but you just kind of have to stand your ground. And at that time we had a lot of leverage because we were a huge show for the network. And yeah. I think that because of that, you know, they really had to listen to what we were doing or we would walk. Like we had no problem walking if they wanted us to fake stuff. Cause it's just not what we were about. And there's no need to do that in the field because, you know, think, like I said, things aren't always going to happen and there's a way you can still make it a very interesting story and interesting episode without having activity. Have you noticed some new things on mm -hmm. Vegas, my podcast? Lots we have the new things. Bimp Lounge. Yes. Right. So with that, we're just trying to 
we're trying to up our game a little bit here. That's right. Right? We're trying to we're trying to extend our reach. Mm -hmm. If you want to help us do that, well, one of the ways you can do that is by rocking out with our sponsors. Jump over to baconismypodcast.com, jump to our sponsor page, and check out all of our awesome sponsors. Mm -hmm. uh, get all Grillyourassoff.com, drinkwildbills.com, mm -hmm. Manscaped, uh, Poddex. There's quite a few of them, Everything's and we're there adding with, stuff all the time. With the most recent promo codes and the best deals that you can possibly get. Another way you can help us, get some t-shirts. Like this one, mm -hmm. right here. Uh, it doesn't come without the sleeves. Um, it gives you the option. But it gives you the option. Yeah, you get it with sleeves, you don't want sleeves, you cut the sleeves off. That's right. That's how it works. Then you have a headband if you have like a thin head. Yes. I can't use the sleeves as a headband because I have a giant yeah. round <laughs> Yeah, we both do. Yeah. Yeah. Go to BakingIsMyPodcast.com. Check out the merch page. Uh, Big is my fashion. Yes. Right? And you can check out all the latest episodes. It's kind of like a portal to everything Bacon Is My Podcast, including our music. A portal to bacon. Yes. Oh. Including his band's Craving Strange. Yes. My band, Something, Something Heavy. Also, Bacon Is My Passion, the the band itself. So Music coming. Yes. Yeah, so go ahead. Check it out. Costs nothing to look. Mm-hmm. So, And then you should it. buy you break it, you bought it, though. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Quad Pro Quo. Right now, you are probably thinking to yourself, oh, great, another movie podcast. Well, dear listener, you would be right. But throw in a couple of marriages, decades-long friendships, and a shared property line, and you have just another movie podcast with a shitload of drama. Inspired by the iconic quid pro quo scene in Silence of the Lambs, each week one of us will pick a movie. It could be a childhood favorite, a classic film noir, an Academy Award winner, or a complete dumpster fire that brings joy to that person's heart. The selector's objective? To get us to love, or at the very least, not hate their pick. Will our marriages our friendships, and our neighborhood survive? Find out each Thursday on Quad Pro Quo. But yeah, well, I think, think, I the think the truth the, is interesting enough. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think you know, at that point, the truth at that point if, you, if you don't have a bunch of, like, cool EVPs or whatever, it's like... Yeah, but there's obviously some sort of history here. Right. So, like, why can't we showcase that? As as opposed to, you know, it's like, it's a demon. Right, the right, right. I, I always say, it's like, it's always the D word. Right. Like, I, and I think it, what was different about Paranormal State is the show wasn't about us. It was about the clients. It was really about their history, their story. And I think a lot of people really liked, like, that aspect of it. Because we really... We yeah, that's a good point very interesting locations really really wild history and just it, i i just think it's cool like i mean that's why i got into this to begin with is just because of the fascination of hearing people's stories and experiences and their own personal beliefs towards the subject and the way they react when they experience something they can't explain that's all very fascinating to me yeah definitely um what do you think a ghost or a spirit is in your opinion so I have a couple different theories. Uh, one theory that's always really made sense to me um, 
is that it's it's some type of residual imprint left at a location, um, not just from the dead, but from the living. And somehow the imprint could imprint from like a very intense tragedy, grief, pain. I think that that can sometimes get stored in the environment and something, whether relating to like the humidity of a location, the water stored in a location, or just like that right person coming in, I think that they can set it off almost just like a recording of like a loop on like a mm -hmm. magnetic tape. That's, that's always been one theory because one thing I've always seen that still is always true to me is that like people in a location, they start remodeling or renovating, changing things that always causes activity. And, you know, that kind of goes with like, you explore the stone tape theory and the theory of just like residual energy in general. Um, I just, I've always kind of leaned towards that, but there's also a lot I think that occurs that it's a normal experience, but people jump to the conclusion that it's paranormal without really exploring, sure. exploring it. Do you, do you find that like, um, so in the case of a residual or a loop, right. Um, then do you think when people are getting, uh, an interaction of somehow that they're getting a direct interaction or they're just kind of figuring out a way to kind of hear or perceive that loop. Y you know what I'm saying? Like, does the is the loop aware of you or are you just kind of seeing this thing or, or perceiving this thing that's happening? Well, from what I know, I feel like with residual energy, whatever you want to call it, um, usually the spirit, whatever's there, it doesn't interact with you. It doesn't acknowledge you. It's sort of like you know, the end of the hallway, you see the guy in the fedora hat and he walks back and forth or stands by the window. You mm -hmm. see, you get a glimpse of it, but there's no interaction. They're not aware of you. I think that that's like a very basic definition of like residual. Sure, but then you right. have other cases where, you know, people see an apparition and they, they make eye contact. They're able to communicate with it, with it in some way. But just in general, I just don't think we have answers to any of it. But sure. yeah. these are kind of theories I've because I've been in so many weird places to where I, I feel like I'm kind of stuck on, on, on those, those theories. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to define. I, I, so one thing I will applaud you for is, uh, so a little, little back, backstory, back history. Uh, what was it? October or so. I actually went on my first paranormal investigation and stayed overnight at the hotel. Big mistake. I don't know how you do it. Big mistake, <laughs> but um, I want to do one. We're gonna do one. We're gonna do one. We're gonna do one. Um, but but like, what draws you to going to that most active place in the in the building or whatever it is? Because I I was like, they brought me to the basement of uh, the Shanley Hotel up in upstate New York, and um, they brought us to the basement and because I was the first one there, she was like, okay, you go over there. And that was like the morgue for a little while. And I was like, okay, well that sucks. <laughs> and, and then some, some guy came down and he's like, oh dude, I got it. I'm good. I was like, cool. You go have fun, have fun. And then she's like, oh no, 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 no. You're going to go down that hallway there. And that's apparently where the portal is and stuff like that. Right. And man, I got uh, like, I got touched. <laughs> I got like grabbed. I, like it was so weird. And I, I don't know if I want to do that again. 
Like, I don't know if I want to be touched and, and right, right, right. like poked and stuff like that again. Uh, but like, have you been like grabbed or touched or, or anything like that? Like, and if you have, why do you keep doing it? Well, I've never, I've never been like grabbed in like a threatening way. Like I've had something yeah. on my arm before to where I was like, what? Like, I couldn't even believe it happened because I had a camera on me. I was leaning, I was up against this sink in a bathroom and my arms were straight and you could see every angle. There was nothing interfering. And all of a sudden you see me bend my arm because I felt something touch my arm and it wasn't hot. It wasn't cold. It was just such a real experience. And I mean, that's something the client had always had occur in the, in the house we were at. But mm -hmm. I think for me, I got into all of this because I wanted to put myself in situations where I could have an experience because I wanted to know what this stuff was. Cause I didn't, I didn't grow up in a haunted house. I didn't really have many experiences until I joined PRS at Penn state. And then we started going out on these cases and we'd be sleeping in these families' homes in these really haunted rooms. We'd be like staying up all night and just trying to like catch evidence and things and trying to get sleep. And sometimes it was hard Sometimes it was just so interesting because I felt like, you know, being in a house with like a couple other people, the clients are gone. It, just living your life as a client is like the best way to have these experiences and not, not have the camera crew there and everything. So I've had a lot of very interesting experiences, but, but I think at this point there's always like a fear with it, but my fascination just seems to take over. Like I will literally, I could sleep anywhere in any haunted location. I have no problem doing it. You know, I say that. And then when something happens, I'm like, why did I do this? But at the same time, <laughs> it's that thrill to where when something does happen, you want it to happen again. Cause you're, you can't believe it. Like I, I think overall to answer your question, I just want to have experiences. I don't want to run away from things. I want to have experiences so I can get closer to try to trying to figure out what causes these things, what triggers them and why do they happen? And why don't we not have answers for it? You know? Yeah, I think that's my the same reason I want to do it so badly. Yeah, like I I want to do it. You know? I want to do it again. I I like we had uh, so so my my wife uh is a sensitive and she's exploring, you know, uh, actually taking courses and stuff about, you know, her her sensitivity and psychic ability and stuff like that and and embracing all of that, which is pretty cool. But like this was just before that and we we've been, you know, since just before covid just like paranormal hungry and just pulling everything we can um and this was finally like our our shot at like doing it um and we we just dove right in with the whole like yeah let's just stay there yeah cool let's let's stay there that's that's yeah. great and uh she she had a, she had a pretty crazy experience in the room mm -hmm. and i didn't re i didn't know about it until we left the premises cuz she's like i'm not talking about it here I'll talk about it once we leave. We'll talk about it. But like, m even me sitting, like laying down in that room and like, I could have tried to have gotten like four or five hours sleep and I just could not. Cause you like, you felt the footsteps. It wasn't like stomping, but it was just like sinking footsteps next to the bed and you felt watched. And I was like, I think like I'll stay there till 4am and then just grab a, hotel down the road but i don't know if i want to stay at a, at, a, at a room i want to go and i want to invite them back to your house no please don't <laughs> there's some cool places in gettysburg i stayed 
that mm. it, it, to me, that's a perfect example of like a residual haunting is that like, you know, you're just seeing a glimpse of like a soldier, an apparition of a soldier going across the field or whatever. Um, I feel like, and, and when you think about the the way in which people constantly reenact the, the war and everything, you wonder right. if that has something to do with it. But Getty, if, if you want to stay someplace where it's not like super creepy, I would stay at Gettysburg because I feel like it's, I mean, that's coming from me. I don't know. It's probably still creepy. But... <laughs> What what kind of what kind of location is your favorite? Because I know some people are more drawn to jails, and more people are drawn. Some people are drawn to like, uh, you know, psych wards and stuff like that. Um, my wife really loves like old houses with history and stuff like that. What what's your like? What's your ideal location? What type of location is it? I mean, honestly, the ones that freak me out the most that I can just always feel some type of negativity are prisons and asylums. So yeah. it's like, sure. yeah. it's, it's just a, you can feel the grief there. And when you think about the people that were there, you know, murderers and people just living with regret, you know, trapped in a cage, it's, it's like, and especially with like the asylums and things, they were overcrowded, that people were mistreated, like, to me, those are like the number one haunted places. Yeah, some of the horrible things happened, you know. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I can see that. I can see that being a spot like that where it's just like you just feel it. It feels thick when you walk in. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really and like what about uh, what about paranormal objects? Where are you on that? Like, do you do you think that? certain objects can can hold like paranormal you know whatever because like for me uh i keep talking to jen about i was like i want to go see robert the doll oh He's yeah the keys let's let's go and dolls she's like we're not going out. dolls we're freak not... me out and if you look at again if you look at her instagram i don't know how like the bravest thing that <laughs> i have seen is just her surrounded by these old marionettes yeah and i was just like oh my god <laughs> oh my god i i love weird dolls <laughs> It's just the thing, you know. Um, oh, they're just so creepy. They're creepy think... even if they're not, if they're not haunted. <laughs> Old ass dolls just look like, ew. Some weirdo yeah. whittled whittled this out of wood. And it's... <laughs> it's it's funny because when you, I used to work for this really amazing Italian woman who collected dolls. Like she had an obsession collecting dolls from like the '30s, the '20s. So I really got to kind of see some really creepy dolls and just kind of look at a doll yeah. and be like, that's from 1940 or something. So, but the thing, I think people's fascination, well, not really fascination, but the creepy factor with dolls is just, they're just like little people. There's right. their eyes yeah. are moving. Like it's, it's really insane to think of, of like a spirit inhabiting like a really creepy doll. It's, it's, and I mean, you can thank puppet master and Chucky and all Chucky this. Chucky. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, um, Funny you mentioned Robert the doll because um, this past summer I was at Michigan Paracon and I met um, David Sloan is the guy who kind of uncovered all the history behind Robert the doll. And he has a bunch of different books and he actually, him and his wife, um, they live in Key West, but they recently uh, bought a house in Pittsburgh. So they live like oh. very close to me. And I, I oh. met up with them when they were here um, in the fall. And uh, it, it's really cool to just hear how he uncovered all the history and, and just, you know, the, the, it's just cool to hear, but I haven't seen it in person, but I'm hoping to get to Key West at some point and see it. I mean, if, if for nothing else, it's that the Northeast winters, 
you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I, 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 uh, I want to see Robert the doll. I don't know why. I don't I know, know if why. that's concerning. I know but... why, because it's creepy as shit. That's yeah. why. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, they do this thing. They work with like a rum company and they take bottles of rum that have like a Robert the Doll label and they ha they leave them on his case for like a certain amount of time and then they give them out at events. So I have on the top of my refrigerator, I have a bottle of the Robert the Doll rum. All right. All right. Oh, I, man. Nope. I, yeah. already, I, already, I already, yes, I already know. Yeah, yeah it's going to happen. <laughs> Rum, rum's my kryptonite, but sure, let's do it. Oh yeah, he goes tra time traveling with mm -hmm. rum. It's it'll be fun. Though. My my body gets. I become Robert the doll. I'm just taking over. Someone else is marionetting me. Point. <laughs> it is actually a doll. It is. It's 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 messed up. But it, but it's it, and it was like redone a few times too, like from mm -hmm. past owners. It's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty like cool. falling apart pretty much. I I wish I had I, I got to go through so like for a short period of time in my life I was a home inspector, and I got called up to do this house and it was in Rockville Center here in Long Island, and the woman that had lived there prior. It, now like this house was old, I wish I was more into it back then and and mm -hmm. like more sensitive to it back then because thinking back to it I'm like oh man this would have been awesome but like. The woman, like the houses still, the house still had all the old like push button light fixtures and knob and tube and everything yeah, like yeah. that. And she converted this huge two or three car garage into a puppet theater. Wow. And she made all the Ugh. puppets. <laughs> I love that. That's worse than gnomes. Like in the corner, <laughs> in the corner of it, she had like a puppet making station. And stuff, and and the, she's like, I just need this part of your hair. The client, the client came to me and was like, "Do you? What do you think about this house?" I was like, "I mean, structurally, it's okay. I don't know about anything else. Right. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't advise you, ever, you otherwise." A, do you ever a, find anything else weird doing home inspections? Uh, well, it's more like building crap, like oh, like walls made with one by fours. Right. As opposed to two by fours. You never found one of those houses where it's like, why is there a door in your closet? I mean, leads home, to a, yeah. house hunting, you, you've like, we've encountered, I don't know if you guys have like apartment hunting or house hunting or anything like that. Like we, we felt a house that we felt as if when we were on one side of the room, we were getting pulled down and oh. we were on the other side of the room. We were not. And it was really, that was weird. That is weird. Yeah. And and like I put a marble down and it didn't move, but it was like, why does it feel low over there? <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, yeah. There's some it. places, especially um, if you guys saw the Portals to Hell episode I did at the Stevenson Building in Nebraska. It was yeah. this building that had a really wild history. It was like a brothel. Um, it was a dance hall. The KKK used to have meetings there. Um, really bizarre stuff. And then there was like mob activity and they had underground tunnels where they, the men would like secretly bring the prostitutes. Um, but the owners bought the building to use it to store their like audience collections. They have just like, they would go to different locations and get objects from like really well-known haunted locations. I remember that. I, I do remember that one. That's where they had the cases of, of different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really just, you wouldn't even believe they, they, they didn't even really film half of the, 
like, there was just so many objects. They couldn't fit it all into the episode. But um, that was a good example of a very crooked location. Like the walking down the hallway, you feel like you're like not e the floor is like not even. But I've definitely been in a lot of places where it kind of feels like the floor is almost going to cave in. It just doesn't feel safe. <laughs> Have you ever walked into a place and um, and just immediately had that kind of like nope and and wanted to get out and still stayed or or didn't go or yeah it's weird and i and people try to ask me to explain the feeling and it's very it's kind of hard to put into words other than just saying like the vibe or the energy feels off right but i've definitely been in locations where it just feels it just feels dark like you know something terrible happened in, in mm -hmm. wherever you're at um and it's so hard to kind of put into words but I, there's definitely been a lot of locations where i felt that and there's always there's also been locations where I've felt nothing like being in a location right. for a couple days. I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like this place is haunted at all. Like is, are these people just like creating this or what? But I think it just depends on your vibe and I don't know how susceptible you are to those energies. I mean, are you, are you, uh, do you consider yourself sensitive at all? Not really. No, I, I think I'm good at like reading rooms and just like I said, being in a location just, feeling either like sometimes I get like, it's pretty rare, but sometimes I'll feel like psychologically affected um, by something that I feel like isn't really natural. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been able to like enhance, you know, they say we all have that ability. It's just how you enhance it. I, I haven't been able to do that. Um, I feel like it's super important that you have those experiences where you walk in and you're like, there's nothing here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause if, if, if you're, if you're batting a thousand, <laughs> if you know if someone's like every place i go to you know it's kind of like is it or is it you are you bringing that are you like what's going on there um so i think it's super important to that that you have those because it kind of like probably resets you a little bit to be like mm -hmm. all right good i'm still i'm still seeing this for what it is um do you consider yourself like when you started did you did you come into this uh skeptical but open did you come into it like um like i know something's going on i just want to know what it is like where where would you put yourself on that kind of a scale in the very beginning like uh you know as a teenager i i you know would take my friends on investigations and we'd like break into buildings in my hometown and they mm -hmm. were to be haunted and just to try to get activity um so i've always been very open to it but i am very i'm way more skeptical. Um, I kind of, I, I basically go into every investigation. I think it's important to have an equal balance of skepticism and an equal balance of belief. Right. But I definitely lean more on the skeptical side. And I think that's just because, you know, with Paranormal State, I was put into so many different scenarios with different types of hauntings, different types of families, locations, that I feel like it made me pretty, like, well-rounded on this subject. So I... I Feel like i notice things a lot of other people don't notice and then kind of diving into like the world of ufos um you know so just having having the skepticism i think is is important you know yeah absolutely i see what you're doing you're popping in you're watching the show you're listening to the show you're like i really like their interviews or you're like i don't like their interviews at all but i do like seven questions or you're like man i wish more people knew about this show because these guys are fun and these guys are cool how can i help well one of the best ways to help 
is by going over to patreon.com slash bacon is my podcast and joining our Patreon. Uh, we've got awesome three tiers starting at $3 per month where you will get live stream shows mm-hmm. on uh, all of our discussion and drinks. Every week. Every week. Every week, a live stream that you can join in on, you can uh, weigh in on, you can jump in the chat, you can jump in the little community. Interact with squad. us. Uh, we got a cool squad over there, too, so you can meet people, make friends. We're all about that. Also, you can learn some cooking tips from us. Yeah. We got a few of those up there. You can try some of our dishes out. Yeah. You can also watch us eat horrible shit. Yeah, that's the other thing. Now, when we cook stuff, it's delicious, but the stuff that we eat is not. Yeah, that's, no. Totally that's separate. Never, never fun. Separate thing. Yeah, but go ahead. Go over there. There's tons of new content. We have early music releases. We've got live streams. We've got watch-alongs. We've got all sorts of stuff. Go to Bacon is My Podcast Patreon today and sign up and be part of the Bimp Squad. Totally helps us out, guys. Thank you so much. Cheers to you. What's your bacon? It, it. I mean, I feel like it. Like it helps you, kind of. You gotta have weed uh, out the bullshit. Yeah, you gotta have a good <laughs> bullshit meter so that you can make sure that the stuff that you do study is worth the study. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so you you can't chase down every clue. Yeah, you know, you have to kind of be able to go like, all right, that's this, that's this, that's this. Now here's what I can't explain. Let's dive into that. Yeah. You know, or at least that's yeah. what it feels like. And I think with anything, you know, in terms of the subject of the paranormal, people have always been really fascinated by it. And, you know, they go to these locations and they hear these stories of like the woman that walks down the hallway. And I think a lot of times they have a lot of preconceived ideas as to what's going to happen. And I think it's it's just like a really fascinating subject to where I think people do go to some locations that really aren't haunted. but the buildup of believing certain stories, it just, you've kind of created it yourself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just one last thing I wanted to touch on talking paranormal. That is um, you worked with, uh, with uh, the Warrens. uh, And so doing that, um, I mean, what was that like? What was that? like? And how do you feel their approach to, uh, investigating was like, you know, you said you, there's got to be equal skepticism and belief. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, that that family kind of dove all in. They were like the the family doing it. Uh, she she was a like a pioneer kind of in the field. So like, did that teach you anything? And did you know? Do they have that skepticism as well? Um, so with the Warrens, you know, a lot of people, so I worked with Lorraine, Ed had unfortunately passed like the year before I joined PRS and, you know, worked with Lorraine, but, um, with the Warrens, of course, you know, they are, they're very much, everything's a demon. This is a demon. So I, I know a lot of people don't really agree with that, um, in terms of like their, their belief system. But as far as like working with Lorraine, I think that, you know, a lot of people were like, they're frauds. They're just in it for the money, which is totally, you know, not true. They dedicated their lives to helping families for free. You know, they made their money from public lectures, you know? So I think just like, you know, cause I grew up reading about their cases. I grew up reading about Ed and Lorraine and then to be able to like 
work with Lorraine and get to know her. It's still, when I think about it, it's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's crazy that that I got to just travel the country with her for years and call her my grandma. Like it's, it's just bizarre. But I think when you think about them, you know, at that time you, you had like Hans Holzer, you had Harry pricing back in the day, but the Warrens really, I feel like they brought a lot of it to the public's attention, you know, just by lecturing at colleges and, taking calls in the middle of the night for decades and just traveling around and helping families, you know, and, and like I said before, a lot of people don't agree with their stance with, you know, thinking that a lot of it was demonic, but you know, they, that was their background, but a lot of people also don't know that they were well-versed in all kinds of religious backgrounds and they helped all kinds of different backgrounds when it comes to religion. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I admire their work. You know, I think it, a lot of what, people are doing now they wouldn't be doing if it wasn't for the warrens if you look at it that way yeah do you think that um that in a lot of cases people's belief system or background or or religious upbringing um colors what they think is happening um i know that for sure like i've had and and i made this joke with um with your friend who has the haunting and she was like, oh, we're having an exorcist come in. And I was, or a priest come in. And yeah. I was like, well, what if it's not Christian? What if, <laughs> you know, like, what makes you think that that's going to have an effect? Um, you know, it, it, it seems like uh, kind of what people are rooted in sometimes can affect what they think something is. And they're ready to put like, well, if I believe this way, then anything that's here is demonic, you yep. know, or anything is this or anything is that. Um how, like, do you run into that a lot? Do you think that hurts things or, or do you, are most people that are kind of, uh, investigating and in it kind of open to lots of different things? You know, there's such a variety, but you know, if you, you think about coming, someone coming from that strict, like Catholic background, of course, they're going to think any kind of haunting is demonic. Like I've definitely sure. run into that before. And it's, it's, it's hard, you know, and, and when you think about the Ouija board too, there's this whole evil mythology around that. And that's right. because of the Catholic church and it's because of the release of the movie, the exorcist. Mm -hmm. So I think that definitely, you know, your, your beliefs and your perceptions and your background things, it's, if you, if you're an investigator, it's going to sway you a certain way. Yeah. That's well, and probably the people that you're trying to help, if they are convinced of a certain thing, it's it probably makes it more difficult if you're if you're finding a different result. Um, yeah, and and you know when I was in college and, and working with these families, like the group that I was with in PRS, we all had different religious backgrounds, you know. Mm -hmm. So, which was interesting because you know we would go into the family's house and try to resolve everything. You know, we would go by their belief system. So we would either bring in the right person to help them. Um, or just kind of see, you know, what, what did they want us to do to kind of conclude everything? Do you want a house blessing, you know, according to your, your background? So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, maybe I answered your question. I don't know. No. Well, do you think so? Well, that's, that's one of the areas where I'm, I'm super interested because I find it, I find it interesting. And I also find it somewhat confusing where like, if I'm having something happen at my house and I'm, um, a devout Catholic, but whatever's happening in my house has nothing to do with that. 
and someone comes in and we do some kind of Catholic ceremony that makes, am I just making myself feel better? Because if it resolves the problem, then does that mean that that problem had something to do with, or does that mean that whatever you do, it's, mm. it, it can work in, in any denomination or like how, it, how much of that then is me just believing something's fixed and if I can believe something's fixed and no longer see it, then how much of it was me kind of wanting to see it? You sure. know, like those those things are always fascinating to me. And, and, and I'm always like, well, what, how, <laughs> what if it doesn't align with you? <laughs> you know, like, how does that how does that happen? You know? Yeah, it, it, it is confusing. Definitely working with clients in that way, because of course the different backgrounds and their perception on things it's, sure. it's confusing it's it's very confusing and there's always like a psychological effect to it but i also feel like a lot of times people they're experiencing things that are natural but they're mm -hmm. jumping and they're getting hysterical and they're not really thinking rationally i've seen that so many times where sure. there was no rational thinking involved and it was just things were happening and automatically it's, it's just like the most negative thing. It's like, mm -hmm. that's a demon, that's a demon. That's it. And it's just like, like it, it's, it's, it's tricky working with families. And I, I don't really work with families as much um, as I used to. I know on travel of dead, we had like one pretty cool client case, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because there's so many different ways to go about it. And there's so many different angles. Yeah. And yeah that's gotta be super tricky to navigate. Like yeah. you have to like, you have to like figure out a way to to um, present yourself in a way that can help them, no matter what. So you have to like, yeah. you have to be really good at reading people. You know what and I mean? And you don't want to freak them out already. Right, right. Freaked out. So it's it's yeah. You got to know the right questions to ask. Um, it's crazy, but like even before doing a client case, there's like a very like structural interview process to where we kind of basically become the client's historian um, sure. and we know their background because a lot of times it's just people with really negative backgrounds and they're like maybe they do move into a house that has a really negative history and then they have constant negativity they're going through stressful things in their life they're just a very negative person they can you know that's kind of feeding into it yeah. yeah yeah exactly how long did it take you before you felt confident and and to a point where you were like okay i'm i'm pretty good at this and i can i can have those conversations or i can go into this place and kind of figure things out um i think it took a while actually um because like i said you're you're constantly just like around tragedy you're hearing these awful stories you're working with clients that are hysterical sometimes crying emotional so I'm not always the best at, at dealing with that. Um, mm -hmm. And on, you know, when I first started doing this in college, I kind of wore every hat on an investigation team. I did a lot of the tech. I did filming. Um, I did interviews here and there, but it wasn't until later in the season where I started doing more interviews. But I feel like even then I didn't really, I wasn't really like the best at dealing with like the clients. Because mm -hmm. um, it's not, it's not easy. You know, you, yeah. it, there's been clients where they, they're experiencing something and they want it to be paranormal so bad because it being paranormal, it, they don't have to fix their personal problems. That's causing whatever. It's happening. an out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. So yeah. It's hard. Like, how do you bring up that conversation? Like, Hey, 
you know, <laughs> hey, hey, these are natural things. Sorry, your house isn't haunted. Right, right. On this, you know, we're bringing in a psychologist to help you. So it's right. You don't need yeah. an investigator. You need therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard because, you know, this is such a weird subject, and people get all riled up about it. And it's sure. just, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, before we wrap up here, I I have like, I have a, uh, like a real serious question here, and Uh-oh. and here I know comes. like you're super into Halloween and and you're you got some pretty like intricate and crazy costumes that you've done you've done like a giant Frankenstein fantastic giant uh, paper mache and wire uh Mr. Peanut kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh you've talked about tv sets and and all sorts of things that you've done I want to know what do you do afterwards what do you do with them Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> the majority of them are in my parents' attic. <laughs> the Your poor parents. I know, right? No, they love it. They think it's hilarious. Um, like, How long is this Mr. Peanut staying here? Yeah, right? You're going to get Mr. Peanut out of the attic? Um, the Mr. Peanut costume was kind of the first big one that I made to where it's like, it's ch- chicken wire and paper mache. And I recycled it so many times. Like, I remember playing a show i didn't wear it you know while i was playing but like mm. I <laughs> this like summer event and then my friend had a farm my the guitarist in glowworms has a farm and they had like a vegetable stand so they're like taddy you need to wear your corn costume and i wore it and the bottoms of the chicken wire on my legs it started cutting into oh my, my god Ooh. And I didn't even realize it. And I took a costume off and there's like blood dripping down my legs from this chicken wire. So I really get the most out of my costumes, but that standard nice. peanut costume is in my parents' attic. And it's, there's a huge crack in it because um, I was wearing it outside for some reason and someone threw a football and cracked the side of it. So it's kind of funny that it's like a crack. Okay. But, right. Right. Um, you guys can't see it, but in my dining room this year or last year, I made, this is insane. I made a replica of the Annabelle box that she's sitting in. Oh, nice. It's huge. It's like almost to my ceiling. And, and I have an Annabelle costume that I made and I got black contact lenses. And what I was going to do was make either like a calendar or like a, a, I'm going to do a photo shoot where I'm Annabelle in different situations, like in the box, obviously. And I was going right. to do something creative with it. But my photographer that I work with got so busy over the holidays that we never got to do it. Cause usually I make my, Halloween um, costumes into a really funny Christmas card. So I didn't get to do that this year, but it's literally the Annabelle box is just sitting in my dining room right now. And, That's fantastic. Uh, so eventually you'll see pictures of it probably later in the year. What do you That's have amazing. a, uh, when you look back throughout your history of Halloween costumes, do you have one where you're just like, man, I fucking nailed that one. Yeah. Like, I like mean, your favorite. My son made raisin costume was pretty spot on. I've pretty heard good. about this one. Pretty good. I, I have some pictures on my uh, Instagram of that one. Um, the one I'm the most proud of is probably Jombie from Peewee's Playhouse. Fantastic. Because um, I like painted myself teal. I found like the perfect uh, head wrap thing. And then I, I made the, the box. The box. And oh, yeah. And I had lights in it. And I, I, re- I recycled that one a lot because it was just so amazing. And that's one costume. I don't know what happened to it. It, my parents maybe oh. threw it out or maybe in one of my moves it disappeared but 
I think I could easily create it again, but that's one I'm very proud of. And um, years ago when PB Herman released like a new uh, movie, mm -hmm, um, yeah. one of the local bars, my, my old band always played at, they did like a screening of it. And they had me dress up as Jambi and judge like a tequila dance off. Because oh, that's the event, fantastic. Yeah, the event was sponsored by tequila. So they set up these nice. like glasses and had these platforms and people would do the dance. And, and before like, you yeah. before you opened said doors, did did you make them say Mecca like a high Mecca honey ho? No, I would just say that. And then I had this little like fishbowl with little fortunes that I made so I could like give someone a fortune. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love that. Hi, McAlive. We like hearing her stuff. Uh, like anytime we do a Halloween show, we we truly we do phone it in. I mean, like even our the ones that we were like, oh man, that was epic. Like I one year that my was band Dorothy, was man. Was, yeah, well, was, yeah, he was, was Dorothy from my, my whole band was the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, cool. and I was Dorothy, and I was a Southern Belle all night. You, I was a sassy Southern Belle all night long. Yeah. I still have the ruby slippers. Nice. Well, because it was hard to find those to fit me. Yeah, the, the the cheerleader one was 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 pretty good. But then yeah. once we once we hit LTOB and and we were doing we did Super Troopers, Ghostbusters, and the A Team, and our drummer our drummer was the A Team van. Yeah, like he, that was a good one. He built a a giant cardboard van that he put around the drum set. You couldn't see the drum set. That's awesome. It was just a van. Yeah. That was a pretty epic one. That was pretty good. We were a 70s track team one yeah. year, and that was pretty good. That was your excuse to wear short shorts. I, I wore short shorts and kept putting my leg up on the monitor and just pointing at people. <laughs> I just love, I love making things like that. That's where I really shine. Just, I don't know why I didn't like grow up working, like creating backdrops for sets and things. I don't know why I never right. went into that. It's just kind of like I do it for myself. Yeah, there's still time. There's still time. Yeah. You can do it at any time. Yeah. Well, it, it, there's there's some art that that if people like it's why we're not in cover bands is because it's like cool make this art and get paid and you're like nah. <laughs> right. No, I make this for. No, myself. you could you could do a cover band and make right. several hundred dollars a week and you're like ah, that's fine. We're who fine. Who wants to make money? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you I, guys tour anything with your band? Um, I, I used to, uh, I haven't since, um, at COVID just destroyed everything yeah. <laughs> for, for my, for my band for a while. So we, we've done a lot online since then, but we haven't toured, but before that we toured quite a bit. Yeah. Um, one of my old bands, like that I was in during paranormal state, we played in Smithtown, Long Island. Katie's. Oh, yeah. Nice. Katie's. Katie's. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah, we played play there, there plenty of times. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say, maybe you guys know about that place. Absolutely. We do know about that place. I also do know also that there haunted. was, yeah, it's also haunted. And we also, I, I, I brought it up several times and, and you know, when, when we bring on like paranormal personalities here, it's like. Katie's always sticks out to me because there was a show that did go there mm -hmm. and it was like, Oh shit. They're at Katie's. That's awesome. It was paranormal state. I think we were yeah. the first show to go there. Yes. Yep. But not the first one I saw. Oh, okay. There was another show that it was ghost adventures right. and they uh, had a, where, where are they now thing? And the owner was like, Hey man, you came down, you opened shit up. You never closed it down. And it's, it's, been insane i can't run my business what's wrong with you oh boy and, and ever since i see i saw that i was like 
Oh, okay. I get, I get it now. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was wild. I haven't played there in a little while. It's Fucking been Zach Baggins. Just, just before. Uh, it was just before COVID that the last time I I played there. Yeah, I think Small it was. Stage. I think it was about that for me too. But, um, but yeah, we played Katie's. I remember their videos of shot glasses being thrown. Yeah. You know, and that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I keep in touch with the owner because um, I'm always like scheming to try to do another event there. And um, oh, dude. I think in the future, Katrina and I definitely want to do a Travel the Dead there because it would just be so cool to revisit. Yeah. Dude, Shit, let us know. We're like 20, 25 minutes away from there. Cool. So. Yeah, like, you if you want, if you want your band to uh, to play a show, we'll we'll book our bands on show, and yeah, we'll set up a we'll set up a night. We'll make a little crowd there, and then when everybody leaves, we'll do an investigation. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So thank you so much for hanging out with us and spending so much time with us. Uh, let everybody know where they can find everything. You, everything, travel the dead, everything, glowworms too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm actually glowworms. We broke up. We broke oh. up a couple years ago. We all just got too busy, sadly. That was like my favorite band I was ever in. But um, I'm, I'm trying to start a new project. Hopefully in the future I'll have something new. But um, you can find me at heathertaddy.com. I'm pretty active on Instagram and Twitter. Um, just search Heather Taddy. You'll find me on there. You can keep up with my adventures. Uh, Travel the Dead is on Katrina Weidman's YouTube channel. Just search Travel the Dead. Um, we have a bunch of different episodes up there. You can watch it all for free. Um, I edit uh, all the behind-the-scenes footage, so we have a bunch of different b bonus videos that we upload here and there. Um, other than that, I, I have, uh, I guess, Star uh, on Mysteries Decoded. It's like a show on the CW, and there's two new episodes that are premiering sometime this year. I don't have a release date yet, but um, that will be happening, and then we'll have more Travel the Dead, and and some other little projects are up my sleeve, so I'll, you'll see me uh is is Katie Stafford on either of those shows? Those those episodes rather? Uh no. Oh, okay. No. Cuz he he uh buddy of the show Katie Stafford. He he actually he was working on that show as well. Oh, cool. But like he he was like they don't tell us when it airs. Right? Yeah, <laughs> He's like, yeah. yeah, thanks for filming. See you later. Right. Yeah, we filmed like a Jersey Devil episode like November of 2022. And then I did one in Puerto Rico, like a UFO episode. So those should be out at some point this year. I just don't know when. But yeah, that that show, each episode, they have like a different expert. Yeah. So. Nice. Well, we'll definitely have to have you come back on and talk some UFO fun stuff. Totally, too, yeah. Because that's, that's another topic that I find fascinating and I think is super awesome. We didn't get to talk UFOs. We didn't get to talk about roller skating, which is her bacon. Right, exactly. So, I didn't so, know it. Like, what's your favorite... It's, a, it's an excuse. What's your favorite, like like game that they played at roller rinks like me i had red light green light oh limbo for sure limbo fantastic yeah you know they have walkers they have walkers now yeah on 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 the yep the thing yeah yeah that's what my kids my kids they learn on the walkers so. nice. yeah it's, it's pretty awesome because they don't fall on their asses and and i don't have to worry about it oh, i was a terrible skater all i did was fall yeah so yeah me too in, but, the, in the early days, but now I'm I'm pretty good. Well, now you're now you're semi pro. So yeah, <laughs> you've you've skated on TV on a show, so you are pro. Yeah, I guess. See, I I, I would say that's pro level. I'll allow it. 
We'll check with the board, but I'll allow it. So yeah, we have to have you come back on and we'll talk some skating and we'll talk some UFOs and uh and then we'll talk concerts and stuff too. Yeah. yeah we yeah, we got a lot we got a lot to get into. Sounds good. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for hanging out. We appreciate it. Um and everybody at home, remember that one important question, that thing it's to ask yourself. Important. You know, for Taddy it's it's roller skating. Mm-hmm. What is it for you? What is that thing that makes your day better? What is that thing that makes your life a little brighter? What is that thing? What is your roller skating? What is your paranormal investigation? What is your what is your live show? What is your music? Yeah. What is that important question? I I, I don't Heather, do you remember that question? Oh, of course I remember that question. What is that question? What's your bacon? What's yeah. your bacon? Your bacon. <laughs> hey. Hi. Heather Chatty. Yeah. She was a lot of fun. She was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we didn't like it near, like, I want to talk about aliens. Yeah. You know what? Aliens are a very interesting subject, and I don't, I don't know a ton about it. I know a little bit, like, and I know, like, some of the, um, some of the, the stuff that's come up recently. And, yeah, right. You know, you, you know about Roswell and the, all, all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah. We well, you know it's great, like, when you talk, like, about legit what people know about aliens, you know just as much as everybody else does. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> none of us know shit! <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah. Somebody yeah. does. Somebody go knows. check out... Somebody knows. Go check out uh, Travel the Dead, because I actually... I, I do enjoy that show. It's it's really cool. It's mm, uh, it's a little shorter. It's it, it's short. It's bite-size. It's bite-size. Fun-size. They do, they do, like, two or three episodes per location right which is nice because i you know you gotta investigate for hours and hours and hours and hours in order to get any fucking answers right so yeah uh really cool show travel the dead heather taddy she's super awesome lots of fun to talk with yeah definitely definitely. have her back definitely have her back talk about aliens and skating for sure maybe skating aliens oh that'd be fun that would be fun. I think so. I like it. I think so. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Jimsy, where do they find you and your things? My things, my sweet hot things, are at uh, Jimmy G Shoes. He means the undercarriage. On all the socials. My undercarriage, um, which is above my feet, which is what most of the pictures are of. <laughs> yes. Uh, not my feet, sickos. That's the OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> just my shoes. Um, Got to pay extra for the feet. Yeah, pay extra for the I mean, come on. Don't be a jerk. Pay for the feet. That's right. Uh, yeah, my band, Craven Strangers, at CravenStrange.net. There you can find all of our socials. And, uh, of course, you can find all things Bacon is My Passion and Bacon is My Podcast and Bacon is My Fashion and everything that we do over at BaconIsMyPodcast.com. Including this Guardians Guardians inspired tea, which, which is great. I love it. I love it. One good, one good wash, and it was just just perfect, right? Just good. My Barbie one is nice too. It's very nice. Feel like touching myself sometimes. I don't know why. Sometimes you got to touch yourself. It's weird. Uh, Where can they find out about uh, you touching yourself? Me touching myself. I am at me my own self, Mike. I'm not touching myself. He touches him his own self. Yes. Uh, No, Uh, actually, there you can see uh, you know some of the shows I go to and some of the some of the other things that go on in my life, like. uh, you know, I've got children. You do. And they're pretty cool. You do have children. Uh, cool. I've got uh, I've got life things happening mm. over at me, my own self, Mike. 
as well as you are alive. My band, something heavy at something heavy music. Uh, you know, we're putting out some stuff. We've got some stuff in the works. Uh, I don't know about new singles this this year. Um, well, some covers, right? But some covers, yeah. An acoustic record, you know. Exciting, working on exciting stuff. stuff. Exciting. We're stuff. working on some stuff, and um, yeah. If you're listening and you made it all the way to the end, I do want to ask one thing: mm. is to please give a give a five star review, give a thumbs up, give a whatever it is that your platform does. Yeah. To make it, it, it costs you nothing. Sure. You're here still. You're here still. It costs you nothing. All you got to do is open up your phone and, and do it uh, or or whatever apparatus you may be listening mm-hmm. or watching on. And just, just quickly just tap it. That's all you got to do. Just yeah. t- tap it. Just a little tippity tap. Tap, tap it in. Just tap it in. Tap it in. Just tap it in. Uh, and it helps the show immensely. Yeah. And it costs you zero. It really does. It really does surprisingly. Surprisingly, because then more people hear about us. And they go, oh, how many likes do you have? How many subscribers do you have? How many of this do you have? How many listens do you have? Um, And that uh, just the fact of having a bigger number of those affords us um, opportunities to get better guests to have on. So so that you guys can uh, watch us uh, try and have an interesting conversation with uh, more interesting people. Exactly. And and each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Indeed. BaconIsMyPodcast.com will also bring you to all of the music that is Bacon Is My Passion, mm. uh, which we hope to be getting. We, we got to get back to work. Yeah, we, we got to do something. We got to do something with that. We got to do something. Uh, with we're going to get more music out to you. All of our socials at Bacon Is My Pod. Stay in the conversation. Hashtag Bacon Is My Podcast. Or hashtag, hashtag What's Your Bacon? What's Your Bacon? Uh, jump over to patreon.com slash Bacon Is My Podcast. Mm hmm. Yeah. And uh, help us out over there too. We got all kinds of extra, uh, extraordinary, you know, extra content, live, yeah, whatnot. We go live every all week. All the things that I do, all the things that like music wise, mm-hmm. that's where you get it first. Early, early stuff, early things, and uh, and yeah, like we were saying, we go live every single week. So uh, so join us over there. Have some fun. Jump in with us. Um, chat with us. And uh, remember to ask yourselves every single day. Mm, there's one question that you need to ask. I remember it now. Mm. It's, it's, what's your bacon? Yeah. Make America skate again. <laughs> I like that. World peace. <laughs>